The Star Wars universe is back on Disney Plus with Ahsoka. Will this series live up to the hype? I've got my answer right now. This review is brought to you by AG1. Go to drinkag1.com Dan for a special offer and stay tuned after this review for more info. Hello everybody, I am Dan Murrow with my review of the first two episodes of Ahsoka. Disney sent out these first couple episodes. The review embargo just dropped. I will not be putting spoilers in these reviews, although there will be some basic descriptions of what the plot is, not what happens in the show. So if you consider that a spoiler, if you want to go in completely blind, then you should probably skip this review or really any review of the show. Ahsoka is the latest live-action Star Wars series, and this one is from Dave Filoni, who invented pretty much the modern Star Wars animated universe. It continues the story of Ahsoka Tano, who debuted in the animated Clone Wars series about 15 years ago. The live-action version, played by Rosario Dawson, was introduced in Season 2 of The Mandalorian and also appeared on The Book of Boba Fett. Now, something that I think you should know going in, either for expectations or if you want to do a bit of a brush-up or a deep-dive, is that this series isn't just about Ahsoka Tano, who is a character from the animated series. It's about a lot of other characters from the Star Wars animated series, specifically Clone Wars and Rebels. Like just about any franchise, Star Wars fandom, lowercase f fandom, is really, in many ways, generational. So, for me... For a long time, until I was 16 years old, Star Wars really was the first three movies, what we now call the original trilogy. The extended universe was out there, the novels and everything, and you know that was acknowledged as being Star Wars, but usually when people talked about being a Star Wars fan or knowing about Star Wars, it was centered on those three films. Then, of course, came the prequels, and then following the prequels, we had the animated series, you had Clone Wars, you had Rebels, then you had the new sequel trilogy, the spinoff films, all of the Disney Plus shows that are available. So in recent years, the number of available things that you can call Star Wars and that you can watch if you're a Star Wars fan has multiplied exponentially. I've said in my other Star Wars reviews that I am not well-versed in the storylines that happen and in a lot of the characters that appear in the Clone Wars animated series and in Rebels. It's not that I don't like those shows or I don't want to watch those shows, it's just that I haven't yet. I think that Ahsoka is a gateway series to a new chapter in the Star Wars universe where knowing the character relationships and the plot points and everything of the Clone Wars and Rebels goes from perhaps a recommendation or something that's nice to a requirement. I've seen people saying, oh, well, you don't really need to know that much about the animated shows in order to understand Ahsoka. And with all due respect to them, I really think the people saying that are people who know and have watched Clone Wars and Rebels. I don't think that there's a whole lot of people that are saying that that haven't watched those shows because my experience, for example, was not that exactly. Sabine Wren, for example, is a character who plays a major role in Ahsoka, and while there is some brief exposition about who she is in relation to Ahsoka, for someone who's never seen her before, I definitely felt like I was missing a lot. Ezra Bridger is another character that's referenced often with even less exposition about his past, and a lot of the emotional core of the show is tied to him. All of that was really lost on me, as well as the story behind various side characters, references, and other things that I'm sure, again, animated fans are really going to appreciate and enjoy. I want to be very clear that I'm not bringing this up as a flaw 
in the show. I'm not saying that Ahsoka is defective because it is so tied to the past because obviously this character has appeared on those shows, so it's really not that much of a surprise. But I do think it's a bit of a redefinition as far as what you need to know as a Star Wars fan. It's really not surprising because this show comes from Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni basically, along with George Lucas at the very, very beginning, created this pocket of the Star Wars universe. And so that extensive knowledge was something that I knew would probably be helpful, but I didn't quite understand how essential it would be to really getting into the heart of this series. When it comes to the show itself, though, there's not a whole lot I can fault as far as things like the performances. Rosario Dawson, for example, is a really strong lead who's able to communicate a lot of the feelings and regrets of Ahsoka's past in a way that did help me to follow the story. And then the recently departed Ray Stevenson also does some great early work so far in these first couple episodes as the heavy. He's a really menacing villain, trained in the ways of the Jedi. There are many characters who have yet to be revealed, including Grand Admiral Thrawn, who's brought up from literally the first second of the show. And I was actually really glad that I did read a lot of the Thrawn books that are now in the non-canon extended universe. I have not seen what they did with Thrawn in the animated shows, but I at least knew who the character was because if I didn't know who Thrawn was, then this show really would have been lost on me because so much of it is about the importance of Thrawn and where is Thrawn and the things that Thrawn can do, but they don't really tell you what that is. It's kind of assumed that you know. So that was some background information that I was glad I had. The show also looks fantastic. There was obviously no expense spared as the sets and the visual effects, the fight sequences, all are big screen worthy with a scale that is appropriate to Star Wars. Dave Filoni really knows how to invoke that spirit of adventure that George Lucas infused this franchise with from the very beginning. And I think that for a lot of fans who maybe were not on board with Andor because it didn't feel quote-unquote Star Warsy enough, this show really brings it back. I mean, it's got everything that you would expect from your typical Star Wars show. Space battles, lightsabers, Jedi, all of that stuff is right here. There were a couple things that bothered me. One of them was from a storytelling standpoint, and not in the sense that, you know, I didn't understand who this character was, etc. That's kind of a separate thing. But as far as uh, something that other Star Wars shows or recent Star Wars properties have done that I think decreases the stakes of the franchise in general. I don't want to give anything away specifically, but I will say that there are actions that happen in this show that at one point in this franchise, actually at several points in this franchise, had very grave consequences and that now really seem to be barely an inconvenience for these Star Wars characters. Sorry, Ryan George, I'm not stealing your catchphrase. And that, to me, kind of takes me out of it in the sense that, like, it seems a little too easy, like you're trying to up the stakes in a dramatic way, only to kind of cheat out of it, especially because, again, it kind of goes against the history of what we've been shown in a lot of other Star Wars properties in the past. There were also some odd choices that were made in the actual editing of the show in a few different scenes where two characters are talking to each other, and it was really the pace and the tempo of these scenes because you have these two characters talking and one character would say a line and then the other character says the line in return and then there's a pause and the other character responds and then waits and then the other character says a line and it goes on like that for three or four minutes and it really slows down the pace and the tempo of a show. I don't mind a scene that takes its time, but 
it didn't really seem that way. It seemed kind of amateurishly edited, but I know that they don't have amateur editors that work on shows like this. So I'm sure that there was a creative reason to cut the scenes this way. But again, it's not just one scene. It's multiple scenes in these first two episodes. And it really kind of did have me going like, uh, yeah, come on, let's go. Let, let, let's speed it up a little bit. Like I said, I don't mind a bit of a slow burn, but this was really testing my patience by the third or fourth time that it happened. Overall, I'd say I guess I enjoyed these first two episodes just on a basic level, but I think it really does draw the line between understanding something and appreciating something. On a basic level, I understand what is happening in the story. On a basic level, I understand that these characters have paths together and that they have conflicts together, but I don't really appreciate any of that because the show's not really that interested in catching me up. And again, I'm not saying that's the duty of the show, but that is the reality of this show. What Ahsoka really does, I think, is to super serve the Star Wars fans who are well-versed in all of this more recent lore with the animated shows. And I think that you're probably really going to enjoy it because like I said, the performances are mostly good. The action is really good. And then I think if you have the background knowledge that's really required to appreciate everything else, then I think that this would be a really enjoyable show. But the flip side of it is that for Star Wars fans, probably some of the older ones of us who don't know all of this stuff, we're kind of on the outside looking in, which is a new experience for me. This isn't that unusual. I mean, franchises do tend to evolve over time, but I think that what this show does in particular is sort of shrink the circle instead of widening it. And I know that there are other Star Wars projects that are more accessible uh, to fans that aren't quite as well-versed in the mythology of everything. But I do wonder, given the state of the franchise right now, if that's gonna have a big effect on things like ratings. I'm sure that I will finish Ahsoka, eventually. I don't really feel compelled to sit and watch it week to week because, again, I'm not really invested in these characters that much. But I do think the people that are are probably going to be there every single week wanting to see what happens, you know, watching it at 2 a.m. when it drops or watching it the day when it drops. And I'm sure that for Disney, they're hoping that there are a lot more viewers like that and a lot fewer viewers like me. So those are my thoughts on Ahsoka. What do you think? Are you a fan of the animated shows? Does all of this talk about deep character connections and payoffs? on relationships make you excited let me know down in the comments below and thank you so much for joining me for this review before we go i want to thank the sponsor for this review ag1 ag1 is a daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health and as the summer is winding down that means it's never too early to keep your body and immune system in top shape as we approach the dreaded cold and flu season I drink AG1 every morning and it really makes me feel like I'm covering my bases every day. I travel, the channel keeps me busy, we've got the wedding stuff going on. It's important for me to keep things on track when it comes to my immune system, my gut health, and everything else. I've struggled in the past with keeping to a routine, let's be honest, most of us have, but drinking AG1 is as simple as, well, drinking a cup of water in the morning. AG1 is one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day and that's it. Each scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. And I also have some single serving travel packs that I can just throw in a backpack so I never have to miss a day of AG1 even when I'm on the go. With AG1, it's really just that simple. 
If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com Dan. That's drinkag1.com Dan to check it out. Thanks to AG1 for sponsoring this review, and thank you for watching. Be sure to stay tuned right here on the channel for more movie news and streaming news, reviews, box office, and more. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.